You are listening to the podcast of New Life Church in Wayland, Michigan. Our longing is to see zero people in our community living unchanged by Jesus. We are a church navigating the messiness of life together in community. One of our core convictions is that everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. I hope you know there is a place in the family for you here. For more information on gathering times and location, check out our website. But for now, I hope God speaks powerfully to you through this word. Well, hey, good morning, New Life. How we doing? Hey, happy new year, 2022. Who's ready for a new year, new start, blank play, blank page, new words, whatever. Anybody? We excited? You good to be here? Okay. All right. All five of us are ready to go. Everybody else, put your seatbelt on. I got a lot of energy. Uh, we just had a new baby in the last like week and a half, and I was so excited to get out of the house. So I am here. I feel like a, a dog that got let out of the crate, and I am ready to go. So put your seatbelt on. We're going to have some fun. Uh, I got a question for you. It goes like this. Uh, you have an, an auto owner's manual in your vehicle. How many of you have ever read that? Anybody in here? You're like, dude, I love that book. Favorite book, top five. You know, How many of you read it maybe in the last like decade? You know, some of you, so you're like, when you need something, right? It's like a reference guide. Um, for me, I don't ever, I, I didn't even know I had one in my truck. I drove today and I, halfway down, I was like, oh yeah, I'm talking about that. I should make sure I have one of those. So I open up the glove box. I'm like, wow, I got a lot of stuff in here that I didn't know about. I don't read. This is all maintenance stuff. I don't like maintenance. Does anybody else, I, I don't like it. I mean, to me, it's like, it's on the same level of like brushing teeth. Like I do it because I have to, but I don't enjoy it. You know, that's like this book. I, I put it in that area. So our van, we have a van. Uh, it started squealing. You know the squeal, like when a belt's starting to go bad. It started squealing over the summer, um, but I don't drive it. My wife drives it. And so she's like, I don't, I, don't really, I don't like the squeak. It's kind of embarrassing. I'm like, oh, embarrassing money. I'm going to go with, you know, we'll tolerate the embarrassment. And uh, she's like, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And so weeks go by and months go by. And I'm like, well, it goes away if you turn the air conditioning off, Right. Open the windows. I mean, if you don't like the embarrassment, like it, it's easy. We got two kids now. It's like they, we can keep them at a relatively comfortable temperature. It was not a high priority to me. Well, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so finally, she's like, we need to get it fixed. I went, fine. I'm not mechanically inclined. I hate cars. I hate engines. I hate all that. Uh, we drive it over to the shop. I check it in. And I'm like, this is going to be super exciting. You know, I love paying $300 for a belt. And so they give me a phone call like three or four hours later, and they're like, all right, you ready? And it's like, oh, that's not a good way to start from a mechanic's office. And they're like, all right, here's the deal. Uh, your belt is bad, but your belt's bad, and it also affected your water pump. So your water pump's been leaking, which affected this other belt. And so your pump's bad, your compressor needs work. This, they listed like four or five things. I'm like, what in the world? And they're like, yep, your total is not three digits, it's four. I was like, oh, right, cut to the heart. Like, why? I hate, I hate maintenance until it pays off, right? Because a simple check, a simple knowledge of like, hey, squealing belt, what is that attached to? What should I be doing here? It's crazy how much maintenance is costly until we ignore it. Then it's, it's extraordinarily costly, right? The cost of avoiding things that, that were designed to be maintained and revisited regularly, the cost of avoiding those or ignoring those is much greater over time. I was listening to a podcast not that long ago, and, and it was a pastor, and he was talking, and he goes, my car has like almost 300,000 miles on it, and it, it is a brand of car that I would consider junk. And I'm like, what in the world? And, and he says this on the podcast, he goes, I do all of the suggested maintenance. 
everything that requires at whatever mileage. That's what I do. And my car is still running, still going, no problems. And it's crazy to me because most of our philosophies when it comes to cars, and then what I'm, I'm going to head into in a second here, most of our philosophies is this. We fix it when it breaks right? I'll fix it when it breaks. I'll put money into it when it breaks, but often when it breaks is far more expensive. So here's what we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about your owner's manual. It's not a good read. I wouldn't suggest reading it, um, but I would suggest reading this one, right? The owner's manual on your life that God said, hey, here's my book. Here's my story. Here's about me. This is my character. I, I want to give this to you. I, I want to show you how to live the way that life was designed to be lived. So we're starting this brand new series right now. If you're joining for the first time or if you're visiting, like this is your first visit since Christmas, welcome, glad you're here. I'm not the normal speaker, okay? So if you're like, wow, this guy's a lot, Brad will be here next week. He's way better. It's just you, you will be blessed coming back next week. But we're starting this brand new series, and it's called Pursued. It's all about how God pursues us, pursues his people, and how he has pursued us since the very beginning. So we're going to have four different major movements to this series. The first one's going to be creation. So how were we created? Different things that were created that God designed them that way. The next will be fall. Where did everything go wrong? Redemption. How did God redeem it and fix what was broken? And then restoration. How does God promise to restore? To actually go back to the originally designed creation. It's going to be a long series, but it's going to be a gift. And especially if you're like, I'm not as familiar with the Bible or the narrative of Scripture or whatever, this series is going to be perfect. So today, we're in creation. We're in week one of the creation leg, and we're starting off with this thing called Sabbath, which actually makes an appearance on the first page of the Bible. So check this out. This is Genesis chapter 2. Starts like this. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he, say it with me, rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. Holy means set apart, different, special. He, he made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This verse and this passage, uh, from as early as I can remember when I first heard it, I remember thinking, like, was God tired? Like, was he winded after creating everything? I mean, think about creating the cosmos, and you, you have land and sea and birds and animals and fish and vegetation, all, the, all this stuff. God created, was God just tired at the end, is that why God took a break? But then that second part of the verse actually changes that thinking, which was wrong, by the way. The second part says, so God took the seventh day, right? And seven, even in Hebrew and even like Jewish history, whatever, seven is like such an important number because it means completeness. That's what the people would have known, they would have seen. So from the very beginning, the completeness of creation was not God creating one more thing, not God doing one more thing. We were already created. The, the thing that put the capstone on it, the culmination of creation was Sabbath. It wasn't just a break. It, it wasn't a breather. It, it was the pinnacle it's like, okay, we, we've done all of this creative. We've made it beautiful and amazing and special. And man, now what God does is he takes a step back and he, and he enjoys what he was creating. He enjoys it. We were in that creation. God made it special 
He made it holy. In fact, I was at Frontline for our Christmas services this year. And at Frontline, one of the worship leaders said, um, we celebrate Christmas as a holiday because it's a holy day. It's a holy, set-apart, special day. That's what makes it a holiday. That's true for birthdays of our country, birthdays of ourselves, of our kids. We celebrate anniversaries. Holidays are special days that are set aside to remember something specific, something special, something set apart. God in his creation, as he set up the world, as he set up the week, as he set up time, gives us a holiday every week where we don't have to work. It's a day off every week. The first holiday God created was Sabbath, and it was designed to be a gift to me and to you and to all of mankind. Why do we resist it as much as we do as a people? Why do we resist taking a break? Why do we resist taking a pause? Why do we resist doing nothing that furthers ourselves or our careers or our financial bottom line? Why, why do we resist it so significantly? I, I, I think, honestly, a lot of us forget. We, just, we have a memory problem. Uh, a lot of us forget the story, right? Genesis, God creates the world. A lot of us forget it, but then it's kind of like this. If you've ever bought a car, right, or bought a car from like a, an auto lot, so go to a dealership or go to a used car lot or whatever, um, do you ever hear anything the salesman says to you after you've signed the dotted line and he's holding the keys? About Do, do you remember anything he says? He, he's probably going to say stuff like this. Okay, this is a really special car. It's been great. It's been well-maintained, all this. So here's what you're going to need to do. And I'm holding the keys like, I can't wait to drive this thing. He's like, oh, man, you're going to want to change the oil every three to 5,000 miles. You get the high mileage stuff. It's better for the engine. You want to rotate your tire. Blah, 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 blah. What are we thinking about, right? I want to drive my new car. And we get in, and just like owning a vehicle, we forget so quickly the maintenance that is required to live the way our lives were intended to be lived, just like a car was intended to be owned. We forget. We forget. In fact, we start paying attention when things break, right? Just like me with this van, so often there are things in our lives, like, like a marriage that begins to be on the rocks, like, man, you had a couple rough days, and then those turn into a couple rough weeks, and then years, and it's like the, the belt is squeaking louder and louder and louder, saying, hey, something is wrong, but we ignore it. It's not breaking, right? It's fine. I know it's just squeaking. It's making a lot of noise, but like, it, it's fine. It, it's when things like addictions or depression take root. It's when relationships begin falling apart with other people outside. It's when our job begins to suffer. Our performance begins to decline. We start getting diagnosed with other health-related causes. It, when we don't live the way that God intended life to be lived, we pay for it. It's not because he's punishing us. It's just because he, he created it to be lived a very certain way. And when we ignore that, there is an effect. So here, here's what happens. Um, one book of the Bible later, this is in Exodus, God gives his people the Ten Commandments. God literally speaks to his people the Ten Commandments. That would be terrifying, and it was terrifying because people in Scripture, they said to Moses, their leader, please don't let God speak to us anymore. Let God speak to you, and then you tell us what he said because it was terrifying. Here's what God says, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. He revisits it again. He says, remember the Sabbath day 
by keeping it, say it with me, holy. Remember the holiday. Remember the holiday. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Keep it separate. Keep it distinct. Keep it special. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant. We'll keep going here nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. God is reiterating this over. That's one of the Ten Commandments. One of the Ten Commandments God gave his people, he said, this is the way life ought to be lived. And when you live this way, when you treat this day holy, just like I modeled for you, just like I created it for you, just like I spoke to you, just like I've instructed you, just like I've reiterated over and over and over again, when you live life the way I have created it, you will be blessed. And then our human instinct kicks in and we say, but what if... I just did a little bit. What if, I, what if I worked just a little bit extra or the bills aren't going to pay themselves or what? I just got diagnosed with this thing now, so that's going to make it harder for me to work later in life. So I need, I need to do everything I can now. I need to take ownership now. I need to do now. And we miss it because we forget. Forgetting is the root cause here of why we don't submit, of why we don't follow Sabbath. We forget that what God said at the very beginning and what he reiterated all throughout Scripture is this. When I'm your God, I'll take care of you. When I'm your God, I'll provide for you. When I'm your God, you live the way that I instruct you to. Because if you do, I I will bless you. I will take care of you. I will love you. I'll provide for you. I'll protect you. I, I will be for you what you can't be for yourself. And the world, everybody else is gonna look at you, my people, and see that you live differently and I bless you differently. And it's confusing. It just cracks me up. Sabbath was not a break from creation. It was the culmination of creation. It was not a break. God was not going, whew, I'm tired. If it was a break, it would have been in the middle of the creation story. It would have been God created for three days, took a break, took a breather, recalibrated, and then finished up his week. That's not what he did. He worked, he created, he, he did, he checked off, whatever. He, he did all of that in six days, and on the seventh day, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed us. What does a parent want from their kids? Time. Just to enjoy each other. Just to, to invest in relationship. Just, just to be, not to do, not to work, to, to be until they're 21. Then you want them to work and get out. And Right? Are you still with me? You still with me? That was a joke. I was kidding. Here's how most of us picture Sabbath. Can I say that? Here's how most of us picture Sabbath. Sit on the couch and do nothing all day. Sleep, waste away, fall behind, and basically just die a miserable death for an entire day. Anybody else? We were talking to Enneagram a little bit, first service, and... Uh, Enneagram number threes, if there's any threes in the room, those are the ones that have like tasks lists uh, for vacations. 
It's like they go on vacation, here's what I'm going to accomplish this vacation. And I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to do this, and here's my plan, and here's the schedule. Here's the itinerary and the agenda, and it starts at 5 a.m. every day. Though if, if that's you, you're a three on the Enneagram. And, and here's the thing. The idea of not doing anything like that may sound like you'd rather die. I, I, there's a decent, I don't start at five, but like on vacations, whatever. I have things I want to do and things I want to accomplish, et cetera. But here, here's the important thing I, I just want to say. If we can't take a break, that requires us to ask deeper questions than what we usually we're comfortable asking ourselves. So a question like this, why do I have a hard time sitting still? If you've never asked yourself that question, or if you've never processed that question with somebody else, if, if you're a go-getter and always running, always driving, always pushing, it, it may be worth an investigation to go, why do I do that? Why is my activity level so high and I have such an inability to take a rest? What is driving that? Is it safety? Is it security? Is it greed? Is it fear? It, it, it requires you to ask deeper questions that often most of us want to ask. Here's what most of us do instead. Instead of taking a break, we do this. We push harder. We don't quit. We work during vacation. We check emails during dinner. We sacrifice everywhere to get an edge anywhere because that's how our world works. And if you take a break, you, you won't get ahead. You'll fall behind. Most of us function and we work through life. We work through marriage. We work through family with this model of life. Here's what this author said. His name's A.J. Swoboda. He said, the result of our Sabbath amnesia is that we have become perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, and spiritually malnourished people in history. Happy 2022. I read that statement and it just kind of hit me and I went, wow, I can relate to that. The longest seasons, the seasons where I say, man, it's just been a grind, grind with family life, grind with work life, grind with just extracurriculars, grind with traveling, visiting family, whatever. Isn't it funny that so many of us leave our breaks more tired than when we went into them? And here we are, right? Sunday after Christmas and New Year. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? I, I have this... Uh, this form that I have to fill out. Brian Bloom is my boss. So I sit down with Brian every couple of weeks and to sit down with him, I have to fill out this form ahead of time and it really dictates our conversation. It's what, what do we need to talk about? What's the most important thing, et cetera? And there's three questions at the bottom and these are the hardest ones for me to actually answer honestly uh, because he's called my bluff before. He, he's called me out. Here, here's how the question goes. And I'll, I'll ask it for yourself. What is the status of your tank today physically? So if I just say, hey, how, how full is your tank? You full, empty, you half full, three quarters? Like what? How are you feeling physically, right? We have a new baby at the house. I already told you that. It's like, eh, I'm like half to three quarters, right? Shannon is doing way more than I am. So I'm doing better than her, but it's like not, we're not at full. We're not awesome physical. Then the next one goes like this. What is the status of your tank today emotionally? That requires more work. That requires me to go, okay, what, what is the status of my relationships, What's the status of like how I'm doing mentally? 
What, what is the, am I having a lot of these 10 reactions that actually deserve a two? Like what, how am I actually doing on, on an emotional level because it's connected? You may say, oh, I'm not that emotional. Yeah, you are. We all are. Our emotions display things that are going on deeper within us. How is your tank right now? How full is it emotionally? And then the last one, which is the most convicting because it affects everything, is this. What is the status of your tank today spiritually? How, how close do you feel to your heavenly father? Do you feel like you hear his voice? Do you feel like you know him? you feel like you're growing in your relationship with him? Or, or does God feel distant? Does he feel far? Are you afraid of him? Do you keep moving in the wrong direction? You know, I just, man, the closer I get to you, the harder it gets, and I just, I'm going to keep moving back and back. What's the status of your tank today spiritually? You know, it's funny, as a dad, I often hear God best through the words that I speak to my boys. I found myself even the last like week and a half holding both of them and just saying, do you know how much your daddy loves you? You know, it's funny, they, they can't hear me when they're running around like banshees, going nuts. Judah's got a little shopping cart, just going around in circles as fast as he can on the hard floor. It's like, you can't hear anything, can't hear yourself think. He's just going and going and going and going and going. Judah can't hear a word I am saying to him, and usually it requires me to raise my voice to get his attention. God, God usually doesn't do that. Usually, I, I've heard this before by a pastor. Um, he said, God's voice is often a whisper that it requires us to totally stop, to freeze, and to sit before we can actually hear his voice. How's your tank doing today? spiritually. Hebrews 4 verse 9, it says this, there remains then, there's not words on here, but just listen along, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Here's, here's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. God has provided the ultimate Sabbath for us through the person of Jesus. It, it's not just Sabbath physically. It's not just Sabbath on our calendar. It's Sabbath for our soul, on a soul level. Here's, here's what the writer is saying. What Jesus accomplished on the cross, you can't accomplish on your own. You just can't. So what he did, he did the most important thing you could ever give your life to. He already accomplished it. Therefore, take a break from all of the other lesser things to rest in that Sabbath. The whole purpose of a physical Sabbath, of a regular Sabbath, of a Sabbath that owns your calendar, where you just go, I'm just going to spend time enjoying creation today. I'm going to enjoy my Heavenly Father today. I'm going to focus on growing in my relationship with Him today. The whole purpose of that Sabbath is to show us the Sabbath that Jesus provided for us on the cross. They're linked. They're so closely linked. If we can't find Sabbath in Him We'll never find Sabbath physically, work-related, relationship. We need to first find our Sabbath in him. When we ultimately understand who he is and what he did for us personally on the cross, our Sabbath in this life becomes a gift. It becomes a holiday. Here's what Jesus says in Mark chapter 2. 
Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God did not create a schedule and then figure out how man plays a role in that. What he did was he created humanity, men and women who look like him, who have his qualities, who have his characteristics. He created us like him, and then he said, I'm going to give you a gift, and it's a break. It's a rest. It's a Sabbath, and we're going to spend it together. What does a parent want from their kids? Time, relationship, depth. God isn't any different. So I want to show you this picture. This is, uh, this is a space crew. Uh, they're called the Skylab 4 crew. Some of you maybe have heard of them before. Maybe you haven't. Uh, one of the guys pictured, I don't actually know which one he is. I think he's the guy on the left, but maybe he's not. His name's Colonel William Pogue, P-O-G-U-E. Interesting. You should look this up. It's a true story. Um, so not that long ago, they went up to outer space. They had a mission that NASA gave them. You know, they had to fix some stuff and take samples and blah, 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 whatever. So here they are. They're up in outer space, and they get tired. Believe it or not, they get tired. NASA gives them a schedule. I mean, you're only up there. What's cost? I mean, millions of dollars, right, that they're up there for, and there's so many people working. Like, there's a schedule. There's timelines. There's task lists. There's things to accomplish, things to do. When you're up there, you are up there to do a job and come back. They don't send people up there on vacation, right? That's what the private sector is working on. NASA doesn't do that. NASA didn't do that. So they're up there working, and they get tired, So Colonel Pogue reaches back out to NASA. He's up there in outer space, and he reaches out to NASA, and he basically says, we're exhausted. We are so tired. Here's his quote. He says, we have been overscheduled. We were just hustling the whole day. The work could be tiresome and tedious, but the view is spectacular. Here's the view. He's saying, man, every time I look out my window, I see this. This is amazing. I've never seen anything like this, and you're just driving me. I mean, it's like task after task, schedule after schedule. So he says to NASA, can we, can we have the day off? And what do you think NASA said? No, we're paying for this. We're paying you. We're not paying you to hang out there and look out the window. No, get back to work. And so here's what they do. He goes back to the guys and he's like, hey, I know we're all exhausted. I know we're tired. I know, you know none of us have ever been up here before. Man, that view is amazing. I just can't stop looking at it. Uh, I got this crazy idea. What if we go on strike? Three astronauts in space went on strike against NASA. Did you know that? They went on a space strike. They're like, we refuse to work. (laughs) And what are they going to do? What's NASA going to do? Ground control is like, we've never encountered a situation like this before. We have three astronauts we're paying to be in space, and none of them are working right now. So this actually, look this up. This is a true story. So NASA can't do anything. The guys enjoy their day like nobody's business. I mean, just gazing out, looking at the world and the earth, the spectacular views, fills their tank. It changed NASA's policies moving forward. In every future trip, every future um, whatever, endeavor, mission, whatever you want to call it, every future one, there is break time built into their schedule. Why? Because we need it because we're built for it, because it's the way God created the world and life and how it's to be. We can't ignore it. If we ignore it too long, we'll break. And sometimes when that happens, it's too far. 
the, the, the break is catastrophic. What's funny is France, uh, the, the country of France, not that long ago, a few, I think it was a few decades or a few centuries, whatever it is, um, they came up with this novel idea, right? France, creator of French fries, genius idea, comes up with this, hey, what if we do a 10-day work week? Horrible idea. Dumb, dumb idea. They changed their clocks, they changed their calendar, they changed their, they're like, hey, this is going to be perfect, 10-day work week. You know what happened in their 10-day work week? Suicides skyrocketed. Markets crashed. Relationships imploded. I mean, it, the society like broke at its knees. And they went, that was a bad idea. That was a bad system. We're going back to the way God created it. Seven-day work week. Here's what's funny. They figured something out that God already orchestrated and shared with us in the very beginning on page one of the Bible. This is how I've created the world. This is how I've created you. This is how I've created life. This is how I've created how we interact with one another. And when you do it this way, you will be blessed. My favorite company to talk about, who, what company do you think of when I say Sabbath? I'll give you a hint. They make chicken. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A to me is, just, is the pinnacle example that we can understand right now. Chick-fil-A does not work on what day? Sunday. They are closed. Doesn't that drive you nuts? I hate that. Because when do I want chicken the most? Right now. Right now. I pass two Chick-fil-A's on the way here. Every Sunday I'm here, and they're both closed, and it just burns me. I'm just, pick a different Sabbath day. I'm all for the policy. I'm all for, pick a different day. But here's the deal. What Chick-fil-A is, is so funny. It's just marvelous to me. Chick-fil-A operates on a six-day work week, and then the seventh day they take a break. They give their employees time off, whatever. Do you know Chick-fil-A's market share blows the other competitors out of the water? The average Chick-fil-A store makes over $4 million a store every year. Do you know that is more than the next three restaurants combined? McDonald's, Subway, and Starbucks. You add all of their average revenue per store, average business, Chick-fil-A is bigger than all three of them put together. And they operate six days a week, and on the seventh, they give their employees the day off. They rest, and they take a break in one of the busiest markets in the world, the U.S. economy, and their business is exploding. Why is that so fascinating? Why? Because it's just like the story of God's people. God says, when you live the way that I'm calling you to live, you will look so different than the rest of the world, and the way that I bless you will mystify them. They won't understand it. They won't get it. It's like, how, how does that even happen? God says, live the way I'm calling you to live. doesn't mean you're, you're going to be financially prosperous, but it does mean you're going to be living the life that God's intended for you. You're going to experience the fruit that he desires to give you, that, that you'll be able to realize the gifts he's already given you, that you'll be able to hear his voice, maybe for the first time. God is a good father. He gives good gifts to his children. So the question I want to ask you is, you know, we were looking at that marvelous view of the earth. What about this? Is it possible that you're missing God working in your life because you can't slow down and take a break? Is it possible you're missing his voice because you refuse to sit and take time with him? As the band comes back up, I'll be the first one to tell you, I am horrible at this. 
uh, for the longest time, I mean, especially in ministry, ministry just screwed it all up for me because it's like, okay, Sunday, Sunday's my Sabbath day, Sunday's the day off, Sunday's the day that I treat differently than all the other days. Well, in ministry, Sunday's a work day. Uh, and, And for me, you know, when it's like preaching and whatnot, that means Saturday is a work day. There's a lot of last minute prep, heart prep, content prep, all that that goes into Saturday. So I'm going, well, good grief. It wouldn't make sense that ministry is the only seven day work week. That feels oxymoronic. So for me, and this is how we function too, our offices are closed on Friday. Friday is our Sabbath. We know there's work on Saturday. We all, there's always work on Sunday. Friday is the Sabbath. And for me, here's what I learned early on in ministry and in preaching. My sermons were better if I didn't touch them on Friday. The farther I could get away from it, the farther I could take a break, the farther I could do something different and enjoy creation, enjoy life, enjoy my family, grow deeper in my relationship with God, I saw how different, how positively that started changing the fruit of my labor. Is amazing. What day of the week do you need to take a break? And how can you bake it into your everyday calendar? 2022, I wrote this. There is no better time than right now to establish a new rhythm. Those questions that I asked you earlier, if you're getting fruit right now that you don't like, I heard one pastor say this, you are perfectly positioned right now to receive the results that you're currently experiencing. So if you feel empty right now, if you feel tired right now, if you're just emotionally unstable, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, if you're ticked off, sarcastic, cynical, fearful, anxious, depressed, whatever it is, you are perfectly positioned right now to get those results. So what could change? Could a Sabbath change your life? I mean, imagine if you had a regular rhythm one day a week where you just spend with God enjoying creation, enjoying the life that he's given you, how different could your life be one year from now? How different could your heart be, your mind, your soul, your family, your relationships? God intends to bless us when we live the way that he's called us to live. So let's pray together. Can we do that? God, we just come before you. We just pray that, um, that you would just work right now. A lot of us are excited about 2022 and just the the new slate and the new start and um, just a fresh year. A lot of us had a rough year in 2021. Just even listening to Brad's Christmas sermon, this year was a lot of firsts for people. Maybe first year laid off or first year without a loved one or first year separated or first year whatever. God, I pray that we would come to you right now that you would fill our tank, that we wouldn't try to fill it ourselves, that we wouldn't run to superficial things, but that we would run to you, the depth of the well that can refresh our souls. And so I just pray that you'd work. I pray that you'd move. I pray that you call us and invite us just like you do to just experience you, to connect to you, to give us rest. We thank you for what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Thank you for what he did on our behalf. And we pray right now, God, that we would find our rest, even spiritually, in Jesus' work on the cross, and that you would give us rest physically in our day-to-day lives right now. So we love you. We trust you. We bless you. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said together, amen.